Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Yeah, I'm here, but in fact, this is not my show. Shut <laughs> <laughs> I know, was, but we like to get you awesome. into the No, no, don't like put me all up front in the show. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, let's I, do that. I'm here to offer color commentary on whatever you guys talk about. See, and this is this is how you know uh, who you are in the realm of pop culture and science and life when... Uh, it's not even your show, and they're like, "He's here. It's his show." Now. <laughs> Headliner. Headline is here. Yeah. It's his show now. You're blinded that's by the right. no, Well, that's right. Uh, my name is Chuck Nice, and with me, Gary O'Reilly, and this is playing with science. And today, yesterday, we will take a special look at the 2017 World Series, a straight-up slugfest between the Astros and the Dodgers. And that is Chuck. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's a series that so far has given us hot hands, home runs, and triple-digit heat. And that, by the way, is just the temperature. And Chuck, yeah. Chuck those sound effects have no correspondence to anything that happens in baseball. I know, that just makes them so cool. <laughs> Unless there's a, um, a, a bench-clearing bra, <laughs> then, then that's when my... That's when it works. But other than that, absolutely. Yeah, there is no, there is no sound like that. The ball, the bat, nothing. The spitting, nothing. Oh wait a minute! You just gave me a great idea. What I want to do now is actually dub a baseball game with my sound effects. So a home run would be like, and then people would be like, ow, instead of the roar of the crowd. So here's what we want to. Here's I am happy. Here's what we want to know. Was it the 103 Fahrenheit game in Game One or the high 90s temperatures in Game Two that was responsible for all? these dingers or was it just the baseball itself you know after game two Dallas Keuchel the Astros pitcher said a hundred percent of balls are juiced some <laughs> facts <laughs> or fiction yeah well here to give us some answers that we need of course we have we need some proper home run hitting some power hitting and you already heard him we're talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson and we also have NASA oceanographer and global weather expert our good buddy Bill pa Dr. Bill Patcher will be with us cool yeah cool and then stick around for part three, because on today's show, we'll be taking your questions live about physics and baseball. And we get those two experts to stand up and give you the answers that you deserve. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of baseball or just a fan of the cosmos or everybody is a fan of Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. So if any of those things fall within your wheelhouse, go ahead and give us a call. Okay. At 877-974-7487. I, I knew I was missing something in that statement. <laughs> I've only been doing radio for 20 years. And I was like, somehow that statement seemed incomplete. Yeah, just give us a call. Yeah, smoke signals yeah, off, exactly. off the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us a call. 
<laughs> Give us a call. Yeah, figure out my phone number. Uh, anything but a breaks through the window. Uh, there you go. There's only 99 million versions of a phone of a phone number. Absolutely. Oh, the, the thing is that you've actually calculated that. No, actually, it's bigger than that. So it's, it's ten digits. Right. So, so that's that's basically a hundred billion numbers. Yeah. Wow. Someone, someone could get lucky. Some yeah, but that program. only if luck exists. But there's some numbers that don't exist, like zero, 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 zero. So you got to subtract uh, those out. Right. But it's basically 100 exactly. billion numbers. There's plenty of numbers for like everybody on Earth. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> and let's hope for a long while. <laughs> yeah, we hope for it. Let's hope I'm not part of that number when we get to that number. Yeah, we will die long before, we will go extinct long before that number becomes real. Unless, of course, we... Uh, colonize other planets. But that's a different show. Oh, that is a different show. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's some people who will be very interested in that. So speaking, um, Gary, do you want to get to uh, the weather? As you brought it up earlier, yeah, the I fact mean... that we have some serious uh, October anomaly, I guess you want to call it, and well, that I've never not, seen... It's not an anomaly, because, I mean, game one back in Dodger Stadium, it seems so long ago, it was sizzling. 103 degrees Fahrenheit. Now that is due to, possibly, maybe not, maybe yes, the Santa Ana winds. They come in, downslope winds come off them, and they are brutal. I they don't drive the remember. heat, but they don't have humidity. Right. And that, well, I it's think, a dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're going to get a little bit of science to come yeah. in. And is that why we've got warm weather, hot weather? That's why we're seeing so many home runs in that stadium. I don't know. I think uh, Dr. Tyson will have something to say about that because uh, I've actually heard you speak about weather and how uh, how it affects uh, the flight of baseballs with respect to humidity in particular. I don't want right. to get into it now, but okay, right. I don't want to get into it now because I don't want to spoil it. I'm here for you. Ah, thank you. <laughs> but it's but I, not being the meteorologist or the climatologist, right? I cannot speak of what on earth passed wind across the place to make it that hot? <laughs> Whose winds is it? I don't know. Santa Ana passed winds or not? <laughs> oh, that Anna. She is such a classy girl. <laughs> but, <I> can... <laughs> but the density of air is a very clear sort of physical thing that we can talk about when you're ready. Awesome. Awesome. So do we want to get to, as uh, Dallas Keuchel said, these balls are juiced? Yes. Want to get on that? I mean, the. I believe Anna said that too. Mm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I'm so sorry. Let's get the good doctor okay, to doctor. explain to us how it would be possible to juice a baseball in terms of the physics and what would be the ramifications therein. Okay. Hey, Dr. Patrick, Bill, how are you, my friend? Hey, hey fellas. Hey, Bill's here. What the hell of a game, man. Hell of a game. Did you enjoy it? We know you're a Dodgers fan, right? Yeah, I'm a Dodgers fan, but I'm just exhausted, you know? It was like whiplash going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, they got uh, they got two more chances to pull this thing out. What, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I know you're a fan, but are you still encouraged, sir? Oh, no, no. I'm. Uh, you've got to be optimistic, you know? I've been with the Dodgers for uh, so long now, I can't give up on them. Wait, were you with them when they were in Brooklyn? Well, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my dad took me to see... Uh, Jackie Robertson no. at old Abbott. So he's legit. He's legit. Yeah, he's legit. legit. Okay. And so, uh, you know, uh, that was it. You know, I still remember the, the the Emerald Field walking out through the tunnel. You know, I can, it's uh, one of my earliest memories of baseball. You know, you're sounding like a Ken Burns documentary now. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, Doc, uh, uh, Bill, can you can you talk to us about weather and the effect uh, that it might have on a baseball game, especially when you're looking at 103 degrees, perhaps, in a very dry, dry heat? Okay, well, very simply, uh, the higher the temperature, the better the ball carries because it's less dense. Uh, approximately for every one degree Fahrenheit increase in temperature, the ball travels anywhere between four and six inches farther. Really? So, for instance, uh, we saw those 100-degree temperatures last week, and, uh, you know, that's one explanation for all the home runs. But, you know, this is unbelievable. There's been 22 home runs so far in this uh, World Series. It just broke a record. So there's got to be a better explanation. I think it's the ball. 
Yeah, um, I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what's funny is when you said uh, that uh, air density and the uh, four four inches or whatever you said. Six inches, possibly. Six inches. That Neil was sitting here and actually wrote down a freaking formula. No, I didn't. I should just... But no, Neil, give us a little further breakdown on that. So, uh, well, so, so the couple of things. So, go ahead. so of course, the good doctor uh, is correct. The uh, when you have warmer air, it's less dense than hotter air. We've we've always known that. Okay, it's because it's why hot air rises. Uh, in a, it's less dense. Wait, that's, 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 how sense. That, that's how that works. Hot air is lighter. So, as they say. if it's less dense, that means there's less air resistance for anything moving through that medium, and certainly that would be true for a baseball. But in addition. Um, there's another factor, which is moist air is less dense than dry air because the moist air has the water molecule swapped in for what would otherwise be a nitrogen or oxygen molecule. And if you add up the weight of a water molecule, everybody who's in the water molecule, that what's the, the chemical symbol? H2O. 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 Add that up. Right. Add up their like, atomic mass. It is less than... Either the oxygen molecule or the nitrogen molecule, which makes so. up the rest, the rest of the air. So the more humid the air, even though it feels like it's thick to you, yeah. anything moving through it will know differently. See, now, th- and that's the deal. Because humid air feels thick when you breathe it in mm-hmm. and on your skin, right. it's counterintuitive to think that it would be less dense. Yes, less dense. But yeah. That's why but it's not an accident why the greatest of the low-pressure systems, okay. that's where all the rain is and all the humidity is. That, that's where storms are. Low pressure, not high pressure. They, and and I'm sure, Doctor Patsert, uh, being an uh, an oceanographer, you would know that that's exactly the case, right? Yeah, Neil's got it exactly correct. Uh, moist air weighs less than dry uh, air. So the uh, water vapor is actually weighs less than the nitrogen and the oxygen. It's so counterintuitive to think that on a humid day that you can knock a baseball farther because the air is less dense when you can actually feel the air as you breathe it in. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, <laughs> there are a few other counterintuitive things like heavy cream floats on skim milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just want to be clear about Who this. Who actually came up with that experiment? No, no, I didn't invent it. I mean, it, we've always known. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, because cream always rises to the top. And that's so why it, it's called skim milk. You right. have skimmed off the cream that yeah. went to the top. Okay. Right. All right. So, Doctor, Doctor Bill, Bill, what is the weather forecast for Dodger Stadium as of tomorrow, Tuesday evening? Because your Dodgers need a comeback the size of an elephant. Well, this morning I got up and it was in the low 60s and drizzling. And so tomorrow night... You are in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, it's going to be almost 40 degrees cooler than it was a week ago. And uh, so that uh, should have a tremendous impact. And so that should really... uh, So that would mean uh, uh, fly balls go, uh, according to your numbers, about 20 feet less far. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so anything that... Would have just hit the first few rows mm-hmm. of the of the audience, of the, of the you know the, the, the fans yeah. uh, would drop short. Would drop short into the into the. Um, so we may not be looking forward to the another home run uh, slugfest. Well, ex- except many of those home runs were off the top right. deck. Right, right, right. You know, there ain't yeah. about humidity there. All right, that's true. Yeah, that, that you could that'd be a home run on any planet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's definitely a mystery here. Uh, the number of uh, home runs has been outlandish. So uh, you know, we're definitely going to have to delve into this. There's more than physical here. Wait, wait, but but let me ask you. Now, I didn't do these numbers, but surely it is possible that it's a normal statistical variation in home runs. So if you if you if you look at every season's home runs for mm-hmm. the World Series and sort of fix it by number of games, because if you sweep in four games, then it's not as many games, you know, as many home runs. Exactly. So you, you calibrate for that. So home runs per game, let's say. Okay. And if it fluctuates, some will be lower than average, some will be higher than average. Every now and then you expect one that's higher than all the others, just in a normal statistical fluctuation. Right. And we know the human mind is not properly wired to understand and properly interpret 
statistical variations. That's true. <laughs> we, we think something, like, for example, someone's, they say, oh, he's got a hot hand in basketball. Right. He's got a hot hand, give it to him again. Well, you actually run the numbers on that. It's completely natural that if you, if you score at a certain percent, if you're like a 40% uh, uh, shooter or mm -hmm. 50% shooter, you'll have runs five or six in a row, seven in a row. You'll have that. And and so you'll think oh, he's got a hot hand. Give it to him. The normal statistical variation. So I don't. I, I didn't run the numbers for the home runs. Um, uh, perhaps you did, sir. Did you? Have you done that or not? Or are you just figuring? Okay, you know, you're absolutely right. But there's something on top of this. If we look over the past century, a half century, there's a trend in the statistics. We're hitting more home runs. In well, the last half century. So is it a juice ball did. or is it juiced players? I think that, I was about to say, I, I'm, gonna look, I'm looking towards the players more than anything. When you look at the uh, the size, the speed, the uh, stature of these athletes today, and you look at the the, the athletes 50 years ago. Look how skin, skinny and little they were, right. most of them. Exactly. In fact, it was a year when the L.A. Dodgers were in the series, and I don't. I think not a one of them was over six feet tall. What year was yeah, that? On the other uh, hand, fellas. The pitchers are better too. Well, that's right? true. There's no doubt about that. All right. So we have a I'm number of elements here, all right? Yeah. yeah. If you if you it's look at the uh, for the average temperature in Dodger Stadium has increased almost six degrees because of global warming and the urban heat island effect. Well, now, hey, do, do me a favor. Please explain that. Please, Doc, please yeah. explain the urban island effect for me, please. Well, you have 20 million people in Southern California. All that infrastructure, freeway, shopping centers. You actually you see the same thing in all big cities. We actually create and capture our own heat. New York City is a good example. Especially, oh, especially. Yeah. You could be driving from New Jersey into New York City, mm -hmm. and you know most cars have an outside temperature on them now. Yes. Watch the temperature go up 5 to 10 degrees just by driving across the river into Manhattan. And it was another interesting fact that's, that's mitigating that. Right now, uh, you, you ever heard of Tar Beach? Which is rooftops where, yeah. in yeah. urban centers. Yes. Where you're, yeah. All right, well, the old days, the tar was just black. And now it's all painted silver. silver. And so there's less heat retention now. It just gets reflected back to space. Absolutely. So you don't get quite as much of a temperature uptick right. on it. Plus, all the light bulbs are now going to LED, so they're putting out less heat. Right. But so that, that's, that's ameliorating some of that effect. But, the, but this, this, um, this six-degree temperature difference, that's a fascinating fact over the years. Over about how, much time, how many decades is that? That's, uh, that's essentially over a century, Neil. And uh, so... We're actually playing baseball in a warmer world. Gotcha. Right. So, and 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 and, um, do you think that that has anything to do with the proliferation of home runs uh, uh, lately, or is it just like Neil said, um, a statistical variation? Well, you know, there's the physics, and uh, of course, there's the human factor. These baseball players, both pitchers and hitters, are definitely the larger. They're stronger. And so uh, the game has definitely got more physical. Let me ask you this, then, uh, both you and Neil. Uh, you're saying both the hitters and the pitchers are stronger. So We're just getting better. We're getting better. better. But, yeah, see, but with, that in mind, with that in mind, if I'm throwing the ball faster and harder, does that mean that the guy who's hitting it, whether he's stronger or not, can hit the ball farther? Does it work like that? Okay, that's a good guess. That's an excellent point. Now, what's more important? The ball speed from the pitcher or the swing speed from the batter? Right. Which one? Sp well, speed. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say bat speed because yeah. if you can get around right. if you can get around on the ball, you're gonna be a you're gonna you're gonna have an easier time of hitting the ball. If you can get around on the ball and make contact, you're gonna hit the ball farther. Right. So an interesting thing is is that uh, even though the players are bigger, many of them are using smaller bats. So they must be studying physics because uh, there's a trade off there. The smaller bat, lighter bat, actually gives you more bat speed, which is more important than pitch speed. And also you get more bat control so that the bat is not swinging you, you're swinging the bat. And also notice almost all the bats now have the top tip hollowed out. Yes. And so that part of the bat they had judged wouldn't, is not relevant to meaningful contact, and it's just dead weight.
the, so you know, the way, white away. And it's the worst kind of weight. It's the farthest from your 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 ah, angle point. Okay. Yeah. And so if you take that away, the same force now swings the bat faster. Okay. So if we look at the, the that is gr I never knew that. Well, did you wonder why the top of the bat was hollowed out? Did you, you know what? Did you stop and think about no, it? Well, no, Chuck because, thought it was a fashion thing. No, I, no, I thought it was the same. <laughs> I, in, a, in a way, I did because, <laughs> like, in a bottle of wine, there's something called a knuckler, and underneath the bottle of wine, it's a convex shape. So no, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a punt. They call it. Well, we got a knuckler. Who, yeah. who? See, you never served wine. You just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when you stick your knuckle to hold it. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, are you thinking like there's a bat butler that turns up mm. holding no, a baseball bat? Yes, so for the bat boy. It's, it's for the bat player. boy. The bat boy. He hands it to you gracefully. <laughs> your bat, sir. With his thumb in the dimple. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yo, wine balls actually feels like an armpit. It's actually funny. Absolutely. Okay, let's let's wait, wait. let's take it to where we are now. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait one quick other thing. I just want to put on the table. Go for it. All right. Uh, it must be a, at least approximately true that however much better the pitchers are getting, because I remembered if a pitcher threw over 90, that was newsworthy. Yeah, exactly. Now yeah. everybody's throwing over 90. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so if I, to first approximation, pitchers are getting equally as better is that the phrase? Equally gooder to, <laughs> yeah. to, to batters because the, nobody's batting 400 or 500. Right. If you look at team yeah. batting averages, there's still the team batting averages yes, down right. around 250, 260. It's been that forever. Right. So uh, if, if batters were getting better relative to pitchers, they'd be making more contact more often and getting more hits, and that's not the case. You yeah. were showing the numbers. I'm just. You were showing the numbers. Do, do you agree, Doctor Bill? Well, you know, I still want to know why we set a record here. There's been 22 home runs here in the first uh, five games. That's a new record for a world. And we had eight in game two. We had seven last night. Yeah. But yeah. isn't it true that every baseball game some record is set? <laughs> most runs in the fourth most runs in the bottom of the fourth with two men on in scoring position. Right. While while the fat guy was eating a hot dog. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know you. <laughs> but I want to bring it back to the to the, 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 the hitters. Yes. You've got Altuve who's only five foot six. You've yeah. got people like Bellinger who are stick thin. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking at athletes who are juiced. Yeah, uh, there's got to be a case. lot. Yeah, right. there's got to be an awful lot of talent that comes through there, and it's not about having big muscles. Actually, it is. Is uh, right. most power in a swing doesn't come from your arms; it comes from your legs. Okay. So it's a matter of coordination. And your hips swinging through the strike zone. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's generating so, uh, generating from the ground upwards. Yeah. So baseball yeah, players very solidly built with heavy legs and. Uh, and he's got terrific bat speed, and, and, in spite of his size. And I think that's why uh, many baseball players, relative to other sports, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps not to football, but other other sports, uh, they have chunky thighs and round butts, buttocks. I hadn't noticed, <laughs> but now you've placed that thought in my mind. Well, I'm going to be honest. I've noticed every game. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, we, we got to take a break, guys. And uh, uh, when we come back, we'll still be with uh, Dr. Bill Patsford and Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson as we take your calls. Uh, the number is 877-974-7487. Thank you for being with us on our World Series edition of Science of Baseball here on Serious Insight Channel 1. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. 
Welcome back to Playing With Science on Sirius XM Insight, Channel 121. We're getting to grips with the World Series and the science therein. All right, let me start with a wonderful quote by the Major League Baseball Commissioner. Absolutely confident that the balls that we're using are within our established specifications. Mm-hmm. Discuss. What's, what's the quote? Are they still stitched in South America? Uh, I don't remember where they're stitched. You sound like Trump. You're going to blame the Mexicans. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Damn. Damn, go on. They can't catch a break. Mexico's in North America, by the way. <laughs> that, is that is true. Uh, but I, I just, I, all I can imagine is whoever's doing the stitching says, you know, they haven't hit much home runs lately. Let me put some extra stuff in here. <laughs> I'm just imagining that conversation wherever the, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the stitching factory this, is. This goes up against what okay, Dennis Michael said right. after game two and those eight home runs where he says, obviously the balls are juiced. Well, yes. And I mean, I, if I were Dallas Keiko, I would say that too, which is a very sarcastic way of saying, F you. I'm an awesome... <laughs> are they saying that the balls are juiced just for this World Series or that they've been juiced all year? <laughs> that's just it. That is it. I mean, so, that's the quote that came out of... Haven't more homes been hit this year than any other year? I think so. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I, I think so. Thought it's like 6,100 and something. Far and away, the most number of home runs hit. This in, year. in any year of baseball, that's correct. Gotcha. So now, so and fifty-three of them was was a, a judge. So let me ask you. All rise. Uh, yeah, that's that's all right. right. All rise. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, all seven feet of them. God. <laughs> no, he's six. He's six. What? Seven. Seven. Six, six, seven, seven, six, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. And in baseball, that's seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what I want to know, guys, um, yeah. because uh, I hear this term and I've heard it since I was a kid. How do you juice the ball? How do you juice a ball? Well, when I was a kid, I took apart a ball, and it's kind of, it's fun to do. You, you know, you unstitch it, so you remove the leather. Okay. And then under it is, the, if it's still made the same way it was when I was a kid, I don't see why it would be different. Um, a million miles of string. <laughs> I try to see how long the string exactly. was. It is like like hundred yards. Of, it's not string. It's it's a rubberized. Um, I don't know what to call it. It's like so rubber string twine. And, yeah. Rubber twine. It's like rubber twine. It's like rubber twine. Yeah. And it's it's just wrapped okay, and so, wrapped and wrapped. Right. And wait, wait. You keep doing that, and then there's something else in the center. There's like a little spalding in the center. Uh, a piece little, of gum? Like a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> no, yeah. No. Like, <laughs> like, like a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. There's so a little thing in the core. center that one I took apart has liquid in it. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Now that is really now we got to get somebody on to talk about the anatomy of a baseball because that if that's still the so case that's f- amazing. Okay, maybe we'll get a caller on later on and uh, they'll give us quite literally the insight <laughs> that we are looking for. Hey, um, Doctor Bill, do you know anything about the anatomy of a baseball and what's what's inside yeah, and how you would juice it? The material is made in such a way that when the bat hits it at a certain mile per hour, there's a compression of the ball. It actually compresses on the contact. And then uh, when it leaves the bat, it expands again. And so the material is supposed to be uh, in such a way that uh, that compression does not change. And so there are actually physics and uh, balls are tested. But I have a new theory. Ah, I like a new theory. What's different about these balls, these World Series balls? Mm -hmm. They're actually stamped with World Series in gold on the ball. Right. And so they're different. And so my theory is it makes it more difficult for the pitcher to control. Gotcha. The ball is perhaps slipperier. Because you, you've actually, ch- it's kind of like when they take, um, when they scratch a ball. Or is that what you're saying? So the embossing, so is it embossed or is it printed on? So, because that would have a different effect. Okay, so and so it is like scratching. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. If it's embossed, then it's more to grip. But if it's if it's printed, printed on, on, then it smooths over the texture that's otherwise on the leather. Right. But it seems to me the fact that the leather is painted white does that anyway. Isn't that right, Bill? What, where, where are you coming at me with this? Yeah, well, uh, of course, is that's why uh, every time the ball hits the dirt, you know, they're always changing out the balls all the time. Right. Contrast, when we were kids, you know, we used to ball the same ball for weeks. But they don't want to give the pitcher an advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. The ball gets scuffed or gets dirty. It can actually uh, affect the spin of the baseball. Okay, and, so... Uh, how much it curves or drops or lifts. So what you're suggesting is that it's not that the ball is juiced. It's that the ball is less controlled by the pitcher, thereby giving advantage to batter. 
Exactly. Okay. okay. Ah, that's, so that's the approach of why we're getting this. What would seem an excessive number of homes. So if I, I would, I would recommend, I would say that if that were true, yeah. you would also have more hits and generally more ball contact with the bat. True. And so, but, right. but that's harder to track. I mean, it's surely out there somewhere, but yeah. it's not as obvious as a home run count. But it might be, it might, if, if that is the case, then that might be feasible, to, that, that that's the case. You'd expect all bat contact statistics to go up. Right. So apart from the, the World Series logo on the ball, what else can we do? Raise the stitches? Can we play with the circumference with that? Changed as long as it was within the parameters that were uh, Major League happy. Yeah, I don't know the that top. Change. The ball weighs about five ounces, uh-huh. and it has been, you know, for decades. And so that really hasn't changed. And they claim that the stitch count has not changed either. Yeah, but Bill, there's a, of course, since these are measurements, there has to be some tolerance of a low end and a high end of what the weight of the ball is and what the diameter of the ball is. And we learned, we did a golf show recently, and if you look up the rules for a golf ball, there are parameters within which the golf ball must fall, but the precision of those numbers seem pretty low. It's not exact. It's not exact, right. It's not an exact dimension. So maybe the set of balls are at the high end of the size and the low end of the weight. Maybe those would conspire to being easier to hit, and then the same force would hit it faster. Would you? How about that? This is like the JFK thing. Man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here. This is what this is what happens when when you give four geeks in a room talking baseball. I love it. <laughs> now here's another theory. Oh, here we go. You notice the way they were calling the balls and the strikes last night? Mm-hmm. Say that again. I missed it. Did you notice the way they were calling the balls and the strikes last night? In, in what respect? No, I didn't. Go ahead. Well, I thought an awful lot of the the, the called strikes. We're definitely outside the strike zone. Okay, so here's what Fox should do. That little rectangle they have there, that should be a morphable shape. And as the umpire starts calling strikes that we all know are balls, you deform that rectangle to be the strike zone for that umpire. Oh, my God. That's that's awesome. And then you publish... Wait, wait. And then you publish... Each umpire's nice. strike shape, yes, strike zone shape, exactly, and then you'll know, you know, where, where you should swing and where you should. Oh, Look at this guy's strike zone; it's like the continent of Africa. He's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, for each individual batter, that strike zone is going to be different in principle. But I don't think I saw the ba- the, the strike zone change when Altuve, all five foot five Altuve. It seemed to me that rectangle was the same, same size. size. It does. I, if they changed it, I didn't notice it. Okay. It? But Bill, did you notice that they changed the, the size of the rectangle? Uh, that's a good, that's an excellent point. Uh, it, it seems like the, the size should change with the height of the batter. But, exactly. I, I, but I didn't notice that. Yeah. No, I didn't either. But right. I mean, you would, so now. Well, the umpire, box, you know, guys, you know. Okay, but, but if, with the guy, the guy behind the plate, the umpire, is calling that, and he's obviously he's going to be looking at a different way, or not. I don't know. It's just... Well, I mean... The strike zone's a strike zone. Yeah, and, and of course, they know if, if the, the batters tell each other as they go back and forth to the bench whether the inside is... They're calling inside strikes or outside strikes or high strikes or low strikes. So there's there's shared knowledge uh-huh. of that umpire for that goes game. Goes back into the beehive. Yep, goes, goes back in. And by the way, uh, I, this is an obscure reference, forgive me, but in the movie Chicken Little. Okay. <laughs> now, let me tell you something right now. That was an understatement. This is an obscure reference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's a scene where Chicken Little is in a baseball game. Okay. It's really cute because the helmet is really large and it's sort of right. spinning on his head. And Chicken Little comes up to bat, and Chicken Little is so little that the strike zone has vanished to nothingness so that every pitch that comes is a ball. And so they just said, don't swing, just let them walk walk you. (laughs) Exactly. And then he got hit in the head and spent the rest of the game with a concussion. No, I'm joking. Saying that the sky is falling. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, speaking of balls and strikes and home runs and strike zones, uh, let us go to a clip of game four. And uh, this is Jock Peterson's homer 
uh, off of Musgrove. It was a three-run shot that uh, brought the score Dodgers um, six, uh, Strohs one. And the reason why I wanted to uh, play this is because of the uniqueness of this swing. And so let's hear it, and then I'll ask you guys the question. So when you hear him when you hear him make the call, the first thing, first of all, the, the, the crack of the bat sounds not like the normal crack of it's a not bat. The sweet it's sound not of that a homer. sweet sound of a homer. It's like a regular, it's like a clop more than that crack. It's like, you know. The other thing is when you look at his swing. His swing is almost straight or high, and then the ball looks like it bounces off the top of the barrel. And I think Joe calls it and he goes, high fly ball, because that's what it looks like. But then it just keeps sailing. So I wanted to talk about and ask you guys about different swings and how they create a home run. Let me tell you what I know, and then I want to pass off to Bill okay. on this, because he's he, if he saw Jackie Robinson play, my boy's got some baseline of references here. So uh, if, if you if you take a level swing, okay, um, then if you're going to hit a home run, mm -hmm. then the bat is not coming through the strike zone in the direction the ball leaves the bat. Okay. So you're not transferring as much power of your swing to the ball as you possibly could. Okay. Oh, so what okay. happens is people who swing for average tend to have horizontal swings. Gotcha. Because then you just punch singles into the into the outfield. Right. Or through and, and you have more control of where it's gonna go. Exactly. If you want to look at the sluggers, and it's why most great sluggers also strike out a lot. Okay, their swing is not horizontal. It is almost up at a 45 degree angle. Right. And then when you make that swing and you connect, right. the bat is following the ball in the direction the ball is going. Gotcha. And the farthest you can ever project anything is at a 45 degree angle. Uh-huh. So, um, so at, that, if you, at, the, at a given speed, if it goes higher than that, it'll fall short of where it would have landed at 45 degrees. And if it goes lower angle, it'll also fall short. So so if you swing up, like swing for the bleachers, as they say, mm -hmm. yeah, and you make contact, you'll hit it farther than at any other time. Now, in the case that you described, yeah. um, we only heard the audio on that. Did that just drop in in the first few rows of the of the stands? No, that just kept sailing. No, no, but it's that, well, I, how far back did it go? It, uh, well, it was a home run. I can't tell. Well, all I can say is that it would have gone farther if he didn't if take he, a hard ball. Yeah, okay. Game, game four is in Houston, so it's in, it's under the roof. Yeah. So that may well have another effect. We talked about Santa Ana's and the yes, no, maybe situation. But so you're saying now that a 45 degree angle in terms of my swing is the best angle to approach to get the maximum transference right. of power. But it's harder to hit a moving object if your bat is at a 45 degree angle and the ball is coming in horizontally. Right. So if you, if you that's swing, magic. That's, that's why these guys strike out, yeah. right? Uh, you know, Mickey Mantle you know, held the strikeout record for many years until I forgot who broke his record. Um, but these sluggers are known for striking out, and that's why. So, Bill, what, what can you add to that or subtract? <laughs> okay, well, you're, you're right, Neil, but it can happen a couple of ways. Is, is that you can swing uh, up into the ball like you described. The optimum angle, I think, is somewhere between uh, 32 and 40 degrees for, uh, in terms of... So why is it a little lower than the, than the pure physics angle of 45? But if you swing straight into the ball, remember the ball can come off the bat, not necessarily perfect, you know, exactly uh, at the same... Uh, in the middle of your bat in the sweet spot, you can also lead the bat at an angle. And so uh, you don't have to swing under the ball to hit a home run. That's why you get these balls that, uh, where the guy is swinging like he looks like he's aiming for a, a single, and the thing just carries. Well, that's, that's what this home run was. Off the bat. <clears throat> At about 32, 34 degrees. But you can watch also uh, the, the people who hit home runs on a low pitch, yeah. they just sort of golf it. They don't even look like they're swinging hard. You ever see these kinds of home runs? Right. The guy goes down to get the ball and it just goes. And it just goes. And that's the mark of a real talented athlete when they make it look as if it's easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just the simplest thing in the world to do. Involved. 
Well, well, don't, start on anyway, so. <laughs> don't start on that. Don't start on that. It's hard to uh, make that ball come off your bat at 32 degrees. Well, the luck is, of course, because, uh, like as we all know, you are you are an, you are in the record books in the Hall of Fame by not getting a hit 70 percent of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're a 300 batter, you're in the Hall of Fame, and uh, so, yeah, there's certainly luck in that. Okay, so imagine now, as I'm making contact with, we'll, we'll call it a 90-mile-an-hour ball coming my way, there must be a point where the wood on the back gets dented. There's an indentation. Does well, that then alter the flight path as it leaves? Well, the thing is doing the most deforming is the ball, uh -huh. but you would expect some deforming of the bat itself. And in fact, an aluminum bat is a more of an elastic collision than a wooden bat is. So in other words, you can deform the bat and it will come back to shape, uh -huh. but some of that energy is absorbed into the grain and the wood of the, of the wooden bat. That very same swing on an aluminum bat, you will deform the aluminum and it'll pop right back and it'll leave the bat at a higher speed than would than it would for a wooden bat. So it gets a spring. It comes gets a springboard. It's effect. a springboard effect, right? If it's for an aluminum bat, mm -hmm. if if the majors switch to an aluminum bat, everything will go farther and faster. And and there's a concern about the safety of the pitcher, because right oh. now a fast swing right back to the pitcher, they can just just get their glove on it. Mm. With an aluminum bat, that will not be the case. So you'd have a lot of pitchers leaving on stretchers. Oh, yeah. you are so strumming the cord for Chuck right now. <laughs> Man, you're just making me love baseball even more. Wait, so, <laughs> that's, that's the game I so want to see. Wait, 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 so Bill, so why is it 32 degrees and not 45? Well, it, uh, it, that's, uh, I think they've calculated that's the optimum angle in terms of uh, given the particular distance. I, 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 don't, okay. I can't agree with that even. I don't, uh, how, I, I, no. <laughs> I think that's a definite disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, okay. So, so you sounded really sure about that, and I'm only talking just a pure physics calculation. So the burden of proof is on me. I will go home and try to figure that one out. See what's You're different. Break a few windows in the backyard. <laughs> I think uh, 45 is probably right, but you have to. Uh, put the friction of the error into the calculation. Right, right. And so, so that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So in a vacuum, 45. And here on Earth with atmosphere, 32 degrees is <laughs> We'll see. So we'll see. I still, I'm still skeptical, but okay. I'm going to find out. If that's so, I have to learn why. Okay. And by the way, before we end the... Yes. Uh, go ahead. Okay, later on, when we come back, mm -hmm. make sure I tell you about how much baseball players spit onto the field, because I did a calculation on that. No, make sure we don't talk about it. <laughs> I just want you to know. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, we'll take okay. a break. Uh, the, I can't even drink water now. The, the <laughs> angle of uh, release will be peer-reviewed during the break. Yes, um, exactly. Right, this is Playing With Science. We'll be back after this break. This is Sirius XM Insight. Don't forget, you're up next. 877-974-7487. That's the number you dial to talk to the guys. Welcome back to Playing With Science, that number once again, 877-974-7487. They are the digits that get you on air with us, so don't be shy, punch those numbers. So, Neil, you have information about something that upset Chuck prior to... Um, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I, I'm so excited to hear about your spit fest, yes. Well, you want that now? Uh, you know what? I want to get oh, it out you're of the way. I want to get it. It sounds so disgusting. I just want to get it. But let's remind, remind everyone who we have on the phone. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah, we are also joined by Dr. Bill Patrick. Uh, Dr. Bill, say hello. Hey, yo, guys. All right. Hey, How do you feel about spitting, Dr. Bill? Well, you know, it's part of the game. You know? <laughs> so, guys went from. You know, a lot of the guys uh, used to chew tobacco. Now it's. Uh, Bubble gum or pumpkin seeds, right? And it creates saliva, you know, and it releases tension, and uh, you know it's manly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> okay, that's great. I so well, you know it's manly. So I did a calculation, uh -huh. and because the if if as the cat, you know, between in, not between innings, but while you know the pitcher is scratching his nuts, mm -hmm. the camera looks at various players, Absolutely. the outfielder, the coach, the players, and, they, and I noticed that the camera stays on them for about five seconds before it goes to another player. And about a third of the time, 
a player is spitting in that in those five seconds. Even in the dugout, which even, I find disgusting. Even in the dugout. Yep. So I said, if a third of the time a player is spitting every five seconds, mm -hmm. and there are 25 players on a team, okay. that's 50 players on a field, yes. and they play for three hours, mm -hmm. uh -huh. how much spit is on the field? Okay. So I, so I ran that calculation. All right. Okay. So and I, so I tweeted this like five years ago. Okay. I tweeted this right. Mm -hmm. Players and coaches of a three-hour baseball game spit at least six gallons, <laughs> 24 liters of saliva onto the field. That's, um, first of all, all I can say is that's that that's nasty. That is nasty. And um, you need to do better things with that big brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing, like I'm guessing, your cancer, you know, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing your flight was delayed. <laughs> nah, that's, uh, that's a lot of gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, make, let me. There's one assumption I made that may be, have to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. I assume that every spit uh, was the volume of one cubic centimeter of fluid. Why would you? Why, is, is that the normal spit? Well, I, I, then I tried it. And I said, well, my, I tried spitting, and I wasn't getting one cubic centimeter. I was getting like half that. Okay. So if this is wrong, then it's it's three gallons. It's, it's three gallons, yeah. not six gallons. Right. That's, that's not that's not nasty at all. No, not at all. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Oh, no, that, that's oh, different. Yeah, that's totally yeah. different. Three gallons, three <laughs> gallons of saliva. Mm. Let me tell you something. That's just a day at the dentist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, also, some players will spit the the shells of yep. their. Of their sunflower seeds, and those are not technically uh, a cubic centimeter of spit. So, so there's some slop in this calculation, but basically, it's a nasty field. And when yeah. when you're done, yeah, you don't want to be on clean. Yeah, just take a look at the uh, the the essentially uh, dugout. You ever see the camera pan to the floor of the dugout? Oh, after a game when they walk out, it is nasty. It is just nasty. Mm -hmm. Nasty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've okay, let's clean this up. I've um, actually seen triple X theaters that look better than that. <laughs> All right. Going back, as I I am inclined to this current World Series, Jose Altuve turned up last night and started to sort of put the bat on the ball. Mm -hmm. At five foot six, is he predisposed, Neil and Bill? Please jump in on this to hit up under, and he's got the power, we know he's got the bat speed, but because of his size, is he more inclined to hit under and through? I, I, I don't know. Bill, what, what's your reading on this on this guy? I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's an interesting, you know, the short guys in baseball go way back, uh, even back in the, uh, the 40s and the 50s, they actually had uh, midgets on many major league baseball teams. All right, because they were harder to pitch to. Oh, get I out of here! The White Sox. What was his name? Uh, mm. And who? And who? How tall was Pee Wee Reese? Was he really Pee Wee? I I, I can't remember how tall Pee Wee was. Mm -hmm. right? But he was a great player. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, scientifically, he, he stepped up. You know, and uh, when uh, when Jackie came into the bigs, you know. Pee-wee Reese was there. He was an interesting guy. He was from the South. So uh, he might have been a short guy, but he was a big man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. But scientifically, would, so, would so, it work? So consider this. Yeah. If, in fact, you have to shrink the strike zone for a shorter player, mm -hmm. that means that the total cross-sectional area of a pitch that you would swing in is smaller. Right. And this means there's less scatter in what you have to be swinging at. Mm-hmm in order to protect the strike zone. This must mean, I would think, that he has to get better pitches to swing at, at that size. Now, I'm just spitballing here, but I'm just, if, if in fact he has a smaller strike zone, then the ball just can't go every, go all all to hell and high water. I saw what you did there with that spitballing. <laughs> the spit. That was good. <laughs> Just playing, just playing the chucks. <laughs> Funny bone, aren't you, really? So that's my, if I were to invent a reason uh, why he's doing so well at this, and dovetail that with, with Bill's memory that they used to use midgets uh -huh. in a baseball game because it's harder to pitch to them. You'll get on base more. Uh, but by the way, uh, what is, what is um, Altuve's uh, walk percentage? How, how often does he get Ooh, on? I do not know. No, I'm out of my Which, comfort zone now. Who, who was telling us that yeah, that You know, he's just an outstanding athlete. The guy has a say, terrific yeah. arm speed. You know, here's an interesting fact for you. The, you know, it, it's about 60 feet from the pitcher's mound to the, to the plate. And the, it takes about four-tenths of a second for the ball to get there. Less than a half a second. Wow. 
and it goes, uh, you know, anywhere between uh, 90 and 100 miles an hour. And now the interesting thing about it is is that the, of course, the ball only weighs five ounces, and the bat weighs anywhere between 32 and 36 ounces. It's about three, but the bat speed is only 70 miles an hour, not 90 miles an hour. Okay, and and, and so uh, the because of the weight of the bat, you need less speed. So arm speed or bat speed. Is less than uh, the pitcher's speed, but uh, for every one mile per hour that you increase your bat speed, the ball goes eight feet farther. So that's kind of interesting, huh? Mm. So, so it's eighty miles an hour rather than seventy miles an hour. You go another. You'll go another eighty, 80 feet. feet. So eighty feet exactly. This right? is where not only how so fast. A guy like Altuve, he's got great bat speed. So it's not only how fast you're swinging your arms, it's the wrist uh, uh, flick right as you come through so the strike zone. there's a at the end, yeah. Right, there's, a, there's an extra little bit you can give to it mm -hmm. to, to rotate that thing around. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting, we, we find this with uh, different sports, that the swimmers, when they swim, they kick, they have that really flexible ankle, so mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. kick on that. Floppy feet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no. and, and we did this with the golf show. Remember mm -hmm. how all of the rope, the strength of the core yeah. to be so strong, the power mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. get that from the central axis to come through. Amazing. And one other thing, yeah. just before we're running short on time, yeah. I want to re-give a tweet that I gave a couple of years ago. Go ahead. Actually, earlier even this year, I repeated it. Just the, the minimum speed necessary to reach home plate. Oh, I love the that. Picture. Go ahead. And so, and so I wanted to re I, I, I reaffirmed my calculation. So, uh, 30 miles an hour. If you throw the ball any slower than 30 miles an hour, it will bounce before home plate, no matter the angle. No matter the angle. So, so you have to throw it at 30 miles an hour at 45 degrees from the 60 feet, 6 inches away, then it'll reach home plate. It'll reach the catcher behind home plate. And anything lower than that. So 29.5 miles an hour. Well, well, I mean, so so there's some slot there because certain pitchers have longer arms than oh, others. Okay, and gotcha. The release point. So there, there is a little bit of variation. variation. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. 25 miles an hour is not making it. Not going to make it. Not going to make it. Chuck, even you could read the seams on that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you never made it to the big? Why? You're over 30? <laughs> you know, I went into one of those pitching things, uh, and the fastest I was able to throw it is 60 miles an hour, and I said, I'm unworthy. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, oh, my God. For us. Dr. Bill, what a pleasure, sir. Thank you for being on board today. Thanks so much, okay, man. Go Dodgers. All right. <laughs> All right. And, of course, thank you to Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Dudes. Yeah. With, did your mama know you playing with science? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to find out when you get home. She knows I'm playing with something. <laughs> All right. That's it from us. This has been Playing With Science on Sirius XM Insight Channel 121. Hope you've enjoyed it. From Chuck and myself. Hey, bye-bye.